Hey, girlfriend. Hello, my lady. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm excited to be here. I am too. I am too. Always excited to be here. Although today was a day where uh, my two daughters were in a little bit of a of a tangle, and Uh-oh. you know, I think I think about a lot how. Um, I was one of three girls. I have two daughters. I sort of understand how girls disagree and fight. But I was thinking, what if I had two sons, like I have two stepsons, and sometimes either jokingly or not, they're kind of, you know, arm wrestling or body slamming. Oh, please. On the on the ground. I, I just don't know how to deal with physical well, combat. Well, because you didn't have a brother. That's why. <laughs> right. I do right. have a brother. Did your brother ever body slam you? I had an older brother. Not He didn't body slam me because he would have killed me because I was like a mutant, tiny human. And he was like huge, always, you know, he was born like over really? 10 pounds. Yeah. So we were like size opposites, but I was scrappy and I would, we would like fight. Like literally I would jump on his back arm around his throat he hit me one time he hit me in the face with a hockey stick we would slap each other we would charlie horse each other i would grab his like i used to call this is so mean i used to like call his his boobs moobs and i would grab them and like turn them you know like evil evil behavior i know ariel i know i know well i i love i love this feisty side of you (laughs) and it's actually a really good setup for the conversation (laughs) that we're gonna have today um, about a woman who yeah understood pretty early in her life that um combat and physical combat was something that she related to. Yeah, so I don't want to give too much away, but it's so different than my my gut tendencies. So can't wait to hear her story and, you know, get get a grasp on what that feels like and to sort of break down some of these stereotypes and and you know, boxes we put each other in. So reels. let's let's get out of the, the nice girl box and, <laughs> and into the you know, strong girl box. <laughs> yep. All right, Kristen, take it away. Hi, I'm uh, Kristen Greist. I'm originally from Orange, Connecticut, and uh, I went to West Point when I was 18. I was originally a military police officer, although I wanted to go infantry, uh, but women weren't allowed to branch infantry at the time. I really enjoyed my time in the MPs, though. I was a platoon leader for about 29 months and went to Afghanistan in 2013 with them, and a platoon's about 40 soldiers. Upon returning home, uh, I heard Ranger School was opening up to women, which had also previously been closed, and that was always a goal of mine. And so I started training up for that and was lucky enough to be in the inaugural class. Um, And fortunately, me and Captain Shea Haver, uh, Major Shea Haver now, uh, we graduated in August as the first two women. Then, wow. Sorry, I didn't know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then it sounded like the Army was going to potentially open up the infantry to women as well. So I went to the six month captain's course for infantry and armor officers with the hope of being able to transfer. And in January of 2016, they did change the policy. So I was able to become the first female infantry officer. And then I was a ranger instructor um, at ranger school. I was an infantry company commander. And then I was a team leader as an advisor with about a team of 12 plus, you know, seven or nine man security element in Afghanistan again in 2019. 
on the Army Talent Management Task Force, and now I'm here at West Point, uh, really after getting a master's in socio-organizational psychology at uh, Columbia last year. Now I'm a tactical officer at West Point in charge of 110 cadets. Uh, and that's really the wow. the whole roll-up. I have a dog that I love very much. Um, <laughs> so do we note. all. Important Dogs note. count for a lot. Yep. Okay, wait. Can I, can I just say real quick, I think I understood maybe every three words that you just said. <laughs> I, this is like another language. Your career is, is like another yeah. language to me. What That's do you think, true, Anne? Yeah. Did you get that? <laughs> I, I, I got it. I got what I, I think I got it. But the reality is for those of us who have never had exposure to the military, military training, we don't have anybody in the family. I mean, I think what you're, if I can just sort of draw out some of these firsts, because I want to talk about the whole you and you've started talking about, you know, where you grew up and your family and your brother, Mm -hmm. and then you closed with your dog. Um, (laughs) And I love all those aspects of you and want to talk about all of them. But what I was sort of pulling out of this was... Here is a woman who's one of the first ever to do these things that include real combat. Is that is that correct? When I hear about um, you know the infantry and ranger school, and you know, I hear I hear this person who's done you know infantry and ranger school, and they might be opening up infantry to to women. What? You know, what were you like as a kid and, and how does this fit with who you who you are and, you know, where did this come from? Yeah, no, I get that a lot. Um, you know, it, it really was since I was a kid that this just always kind of appealed to me. Um, I was very much a tomboy, if you can imagine. Mm. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I really wanted to be a Boy Scout, I think was maybe some of the earliest influence. My brother was a Boy Scout. I really looked up to him. I just wanted to do whatever Mike was doing. My dad was a scoutmaster, would let me tag along. Um, and I just remember like dropping him off at camp and seeing all these merit badges for you know, archery and swimming and canoeing and all these cool things. I was like, I think I'd be really good at this and this looks like a lot of fun. And I just didn't get the same you know, experience when I was a brownie. I Selling remember- cookies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not quite you know, the same as sewing. <laughs> <laughs> my mom just remembers me coming home one day almost in tears and I uh, threw my merit badge on the ground from being a brownie and it was for having my birthday. It was like a happy birthday merit badge and I was so upset. I was like I didn't even do anything, you know. I really right. wanted to be mom, challenged. Mom, you you deserve this badge, yeah, mom. Mom, it's yeah, yours. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you really have kept me alive here. Um, you know, I was like, I didn't do, I just really wanted to be challenged and tested. I was good at gymnastics. I was good at swimming and sports in general. So I felt very, um, just much that I wanted to be challenged. And, uh, so yeah, you know, it kind of came from that. Definitely also as I went to middle school, um, I don't think so. Arielle said at the beginning, she doesn't know half of what you what you said. So maybe we should t- yes. talk a little bit <laughs> yeah. about um, sure. some of this language of of what what these things mean. And, you know, what, what it was like to be part of this, you know, n- not usually female and be one of few females even even in this, I, you can start this, this answer wherever in your very interesting last, I don't know, 15 years, how long has it been? Since uh, you started yeah, doing just all about, this. Really, I guess I've been active duty for just about 12 coming up in May and then four at West Point. So 16 altogether. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it is hard to explain. Um, 
But yeah, so just to kind of translate from Army to English, because uh, it is super <laughs> confusing. Um, so yeah, West Point, you know, you graduate as a second lieutenant, and you're going the officer route, which is different from if you just enlist right out of high school. Um, then you mm-hmm. kind of, you become a private, you go corporal, sergeant, staff sergeant, sergeant first class. On the officer side, you, the difference is really graduating from college and choosing to commission as an officer. Then you go, you go in at a higher level, right? You're all, you're, you're basically mm-hmm. management <laughs> to, mm-hmm. to put it into uh, other terms. Yep. So, yep. so when you come out, you're a platoon leader and you have 40 people. And that's what I had, um, when I was 20, 22 to 24. Oh my gosh. And they were all men. Uh, so I was in military police and there was about three or four women in the platoon because that was an integrated branch. But by the time when mm-hmm. we deployed to Afghanistan, it was all men because the women got pulled to go to a special, a different unit um, to actually kind of augment, like they actually needed women on the battlefield to talk to Afghan women. So they were trained mm-hmm. to do that. Mm-hmm. So then mm-hmm. I did have, I had and about- And you said, don't, you said, don't pull me. I don't want, that's not what I want to be doing. Uh, actually, I was pulled for the train-up, so I was in charge of the training for about four months. But then my battalion commander was like, no, you're the leader of the platoon. I need you to lead this platoon. You know, I can't pull you. You're the boss. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, um, but wait, I would have Wait, wait, I have to clarify well. something. I have to clarify something. So you graduate West Point, which is essentially, you're saying, sort of college, and you have right. 40 people. It's serious college. It's like, it's, it's, it's like, like Harvard. This, this is like, well, it's, no, I know it's like the top, it's like the top, <laughs> yeah. the top military school. Yeah. So I'm assuming, is this right? I'm totally making an assumption. You're not just studying like your typical like subjects that you study at a university. You're training and it's sort of almost mm. like apprentice style because I can't imagine graduating from university yeah. and being told, here are 40 people to manage. I would explode. So, <laughs> Right. No, that's a really good you point. For this, I'm assuming. Oh, yes. Like West Point is 48 month leadership experience of you. You come in okay. as a new cadet. Um, so the first two years, you're kind of like a follower. And then as a junior and a senior, you're a leader. And um, so basically, when we come in for basic training the summer before our freshman year, which is six weeks long, the juniors and seniors at the academy are running the basic training for the freshmen. Uh, okay. And then the sophomores also have four weeks of advanced military training that's also run by the juniors and seniors. So you get plenty of leadership Clever. experience at the academy. Is yes. there hazing like the, like it shows in the movies? <laughs> you know, or it, uh, so, <laughs> yeah, there, like a big fraternity. <laughs> yeah, right. They uh, so they have really tamped down on that. I mean, when I came in 20, 2007, even back then. They were still like really hard trying to overturn that culture. Um, And we get educated a lot on, I mean, there's psychology of leadership. So your curriculum is also very leadership heavy. So even though I was an international relations major, I took, you know, psychology of leadership, advanced um, leadership psychology. You take military science classes. um, You take physical education classes every semester, um, like military Mm. movement, survival, swimming, um, <laughs> oh my so, god wow yeah so it's a really so that's not hazing but it's physically really hard <laughs> yeah, the right. curriculum the- is like regular people hazing so. oh my yes. god yeah. <laughs> the hazing oh the gosh. hazing piece you know has really we call it corrective training so we don't allow them to use the word hazing we really tried to phase it out and it's like hey if somebody makes a mistake there's corrective training that you can do but there it is very detailed now like you can only do this many push-ups um, you can only do this many pull-ups or sit-ups. 
um, for corrective training. It's been like, I mean, they really had to put it into policy of like, you cannot, these are the 10 exercises you can do. And this is how many repetitions you can do. So they still oh make it really God, stressful for you. Oh my God, my heart is pounding thinking about someone <laughs> asking me to do push-ups or pull-ups in front of like one other person, let alone my group, <laughs> like my class. I can't even imagine. Well, what would happen is, you know, if one person forgets something and you show up, or let's say you're late for the whole platoon, they, they drop mm-hmm. the whole platoon and the whole platoon has to do push-ups. So it's really kind of oh like um, the wow. peer pressure too. Wow. Of like, totally. And they're really trying to ingrain the idea of like, hey, if you make a mistake, it's going to affect everybody. Um, yep. and Which makes you know, sense it's for really, this, what it grows right. into. So, so if, if you're the late person and everybody does push-ups, do you get hassled later? Like when you're eating or whatever, is everybody like, um, yeah, Kristen, thanks a lot. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> but at some point most people... <laughs> At some point, most people make any kind of mistake, and especially during basic training, sure. if you you know say a word wrong, if you don't say sir, you don't say sergeant, they'll drop you. So you don't get too much of that from each other. You're kind of all in it together. But if there is okay. one person in the platoon who's always messing up, like that, that can be a rough experience for them. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, I can completely imagine. Okay, so you talked about in school and what the what the freshmen and then sophomores are sort of trained by the juniors and seniors and then they become the leaders how did you get to running whether it was a nine-man security or having 110 people underneath you what like what are these other processes what did you need to qualify for and how did you move Mm -hmm. from place to place you know yeah so also something I should mention is as soon as you graduate from West Point or ROTC then you also go to get qualified in your branch. I will just ask you to clarify, what is ROTC for anyone who doesn't know? Oh, yeah. It's the Reserve Officer Training Corps. So you don't have to go to a military academy. And I didn't realize this when I was in high school, really. <laughs> or I kind of heard about it. But essentially, you can go to regular college. And most colleges do have a Reserve Officer Training Corps program. And that looks more like working out together three times a week and going to military science classes. And they actually do a lot of field training on the weekends. Um, Mm -hmm. And then they have one big culminating summer event that they have to pass. So um, anybody in the country at any college, I would say most colleges have an ROTC program that you can join. And then you still graduate from college and become a second lieutenant. Ah, I see. I see. Um, Is there like a sort of cultural perspective difference between being an ROTC and being like a graduate from a direct like full-time you know I don't like West Point style school right so you know if anything there's maybe somewhat of a stigma um because I think it used to be seen as like oh you know West Point is up here on a higher tier but in reality you're all second lieutenants everybody brings their own diverse experience and it really doesn't matter where you came from um okay and in some cases, I mean, ROTC people can be a little more laid back, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, so I've always, I've worked with great officers that went through ROTC or OCS is another option where you enlist and then become an officer. Um, so everybody's got a unique experience. My thought about going to West Point was that I wanted to branch infantry and I knew it wasn't open to women, but I was thinking in my head, as soon as the army opens this to women, being from West Point is going to give me the best chance. I thought they might go to West Pointers first. Um, mm, okay. Mm-hmm. 
so that was, and also I didn't come from a military background. So like you said earlier, like the idea of graduating from college and suddenly being in charge of a military unit, I was like, I need as much training as possible. In this. Yes. 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 Right. Yeah. Wow. 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 So talk to us a little bit about when, when you talk about training, I, you know, of course I can understand the psychological pieces and strategy pieces, but I'm having a really hard time imagining the physical pieces and how, like, did they differentiate for men and women what you had to be able to do or were you held to men's standards? Hmm. And how'd you do if that was, <laughs> if that was true? <laughs> so, yeah, so honestly, the Army had always had a female scale and a male scale. And just to put this in a timeline perspective, West Point didn't integrate women until 1976, and West Point's been around since 1802, really, you know, since the start wow. of the country. I mean, you know, the wow. army was around since the start of the, America. But um, so when they integrated women in the 70s, it was like, we need to set a different standard because most women back then, they thought they thought wouldn't be able to meet the male standard. I, w- I know some women from the class of 1980 who would disagree with that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> But (laughs) but that was the first class that graduated women. So we had maintained that standard for about 40 years without updating it. Um, And just recently, and it's still under, it's still controversial. um, You know, they they tried to go to a gender neutral fitness test where it was the same standard across the board. And then they kind of went back on that thinking it was going to disadvantage women. And now it looks like they're reapproaching it. But my perspective coming out of high school was that I was going to be in charge of men. And I thought, you know, in order to really earn their trust and respect, um, I should be able to at least lead in some of these physical aspects. Um, so I picked running was kind of where I thought I could excel at. Um, and the fitness test used to be push-ups, sit-ups, and a two-mile run. And um, I mean, honestly, I maxed the men's scale. How many of each? Yeah, we uh, want the number. So, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> So it was about 75 push-ups to max. Uh, I think it was... Wait, what does to would, max mean? So, oh, to max the test, like do the best, get 100 oh, points. Oh, okay, okay. Do you have to do 75 push-ups in a certain period of time? Two minutes, yeah. Holy shit, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, that's less than I thought, but then I was thinking of like me I could doing do them eight, maybe and in that's a week. hard enough on my knees, so... <laughs> I'm um, guessing on your knees isn't an option. Oh, yeah, it's not. No, there's probably a form, a whole form <laughs> situation, too. They have to be 75 really good push-ups, right? Yes. What happens if you, you've done 70 and then your form breaks and you do a really crappy push-up? You get cut. Do you, do, it, does it... You, they would. Uh, they won't count the repetition. Oh, so, so you get really, seventy, not seventy-one or seventy-five. No, no, no. But but you have to have seventy-five, right? No, oh, so, so, you, so do you have to then go back to zero? Well, so that's the maximum. So you get two minutes. I think the minimum. I never even memorized the minimum scores, um, but I think because that's she's not like, how I'm you going are. Max or nothing. <laughs> max, yeah. But I think for men, the minimum was like forty-two. So. You have to do 42, but let's say um, you're on rep like 38 and then your form breaks, they would just say 38, 38. You know, for every repetition you do that doesn't count, 
they would just let you know, like, hey, you're still on 38. Like, I couldn't count that. So you still get the rest of the time to to pull out a good repetition. Okay. So you are allowed to, oh, okay. you were allowed to kind good. of bow your back just to rest, but that takes up your time. But you were allowed to kind sure. of reset. And so, you know, everybody had their own strategy. I try to knock out like 35 rest, you know, do 45, you know, and kind of do it like that. Um, but now wow. there are, wow. now the, you're my now hero. The, <laughs> Okay, wait. So 75 yeah, push-ups, how many was, was the other p- sit-ups? Yeah, how many? So the sit-ups, I was actually, that was my highest or my best thing because I think the, I think the max was like 82 and I would do like 102 or at least I think I could do wow. Yeah. Girls, how long? I think two minutes? But what's the form? Wait, two minutes. No, I want to know what's the form. These aren't crunches. So these are, what's, where are your feet? What's, hap- what's the form? Uh, yeah, so your knees are up um, completely, you know, like at a 90 degree or yeah, 90 degree angle pretty much. And then your hands have to be interlocked behind your head and you're going all the way down and all the way up and you got two minutes to do as many as you can. And somebody's holding, and your, nobody's sitting on your feet. Uh, or somebody's anything. holding your feet. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Honestly, I think that helps. <laughs> then I could, that, I think that helps. It does to have someone hold your feet. Down. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we're okay. going to test this. And then, and then how we're in the same room. We're going to do, I, I, do a I cannot. Test. Well, I, I need shoulder surgery, so I'm not doing the push-up okay. test, but I'll do the sit-up Deal. test. Wait, and then, and then two-mile run, how fast? So I would always try to get under 13 minutes once I joined the infantry, because that's the male max. And I was, it's also by age, so 17 to 21-year-old scale uh, was always my goal, because I was like, that's what most of my soldiers mm-hmm. are going to be. And I still try to aim for that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think the women max was like 1536. Wow. And then the minimum would be wow. like 1850 or something. Okay, well, let me, let me go at this question a different angle. You said you were boy crazy when you were, <laughs> you know, in an adolescent. So um, I assume you're still interested in men and what happens when you're dating and they find oh, out yeah. that you're Ooh, in yeah. the military. Do you <laughs> civilians? Yeah. Give us the tea. I, yeah. I do. <laughs> Um, so really, I would say just this last year when I was living in Manhattan was really the first time I was dating civilians because I was always in the military and there's a ton of men in the military. So, you know, I'd always had a military boyfriend and then, um, went on. But given how senior you were, that could be awkward. Right. Well, so like, were they more junior than you? Well, right. Like, so you can only date, um, officers if you're an officer and I mean, I guess you could technically date a younger officer if they're not in your chain of command but i was more interested in older guys i guess than younger guys. <laughs> <laughs> um so like my boyfriend was a, a, also a captain when i was you know 29 30 um and then so yeah you're not allowed to date but you know that's called fraternization if you date somebody who's a much you know enlisted and you're an officer um just mm, to clarify yeah. that but yeah, so right now I am dating. I'm in a serious relationship with someone, um, and he's a, a professor, um, and he's a civilian. So this is really the first serious relationship I've ever been in. Wow, with oh a civilian, gosh. and uh, yeah, it's it's it is interesting. I mean, he totally takes it in stride, and uh, has been very, I think, gracious with my crazy schedule. You know, like I always, I do have to explain. I'm like, well, I actually have to get up at four in the morning. Um, or like, I'm going to be doing something out overnight. Like <laughs> that doesn't always oh my gosh. make sense. <laughs> um, yeah, yep. but yeah, he's been great about it. I, I think I just also, I didn't usually lead with that. I wouldn't, 
Like I never put it mm-hmm. on my dating profiles on apps or anything. Profile, yeah, yeah. right. Yep. Um, why is yeah, that I definitely though? Can I ask why didn't you put it up front? Is there a reason or like an experience that made you feel that you didn't want to do that? Um, I might have, depending on the apps, had like I'm in the army. Um, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't put like that I was, you know, certainly not like the first female ranger or anything like that. Right. Um, or infantry, because I didn't want anybody just like trying to, you know, go on a date with me for the novelty of it or something like that. Oh, <laughs> right. Or to see okay. if you could pin them. Yeah. So I wouldn't <laughs> even mention that. <laughs> I was going to say, literally, that'd be my screen name that would be on everything I ever did. <laughs> like, yep, it's me. Like, I can do more push ups than you. Yeah. Um, good for you I never posted pictures of me in uniform and I did have I had you know one or two like first dates that I think just kind of ended right there um Mm. where it was just kind of like I could tell this once people found out I could tell this guy was just kind of like intimidated by it one guy actually told me that and I was like okay well I'm not really you know I don't find that attractive then I'm not into you yeah if you're not (laughs) you're intimidated by me like (laughs) yeah oh my goodness um that's so cool it's like what did when you when you decided this was your career, what did your parents say say to you? I mean, they were obviously open minded and supportive because they let you do some of the things before you were out of the home, you know, out of the house that you Yeah. You know, that were different. But what do they think? Um and what'd your brother think? Um, I mean, they were all you know, they were proud. Um but, you know, when I was in high school I was I didn't know anything about the military except, you know, G. I. Jane or you know, what I'd seen in the movies. And I was just like, I think I'm going to just enlist in the Marines or something. And I remember my dad being like, no, you're not. Because, you know, he saw that as like an extremely dangerous option. It was like 2006. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, you know, he also like, I had always planned to go to college. Um, so that was like a weird thing for me to think about all of a sudden, like turning that off and then being like, oh, I'm just going to enlist. Um, but then I found out about West Point and, and I had remembered it because my dad had brought my brother up here for during a Boy Scout event and had spoken really highly about it. So then when I heard about it again as a teenager, I was like, oh yeah, this might be like a more palatable option. And when I mentioned to them, I was like, I think I'm going to apply to West Point. That was the first time my dad was kind of like, oh, okay. Like, that's an idea. Like, like he was yeah. considering, yeah. you know, they were like, well negotiated. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> because it's a you know it's a good college degree um for sure yeah and he also thought he was like Kristen you're not going to want to take orders from people you're going to want to be an officer like not realizing that I still take orders from people all the time even as a major (laughs) like it's just the (laughs) nature of the Mm -hmm. army um but he knew his daughter yeah he was like you're going to want to be in charge of situations you know yeah yeah so that was good advice I didn't understand at the time but yeah. <laughs> wow, that's phenomenal. So I assume, because we have many people who listen to this podcast, that there are either parents of uh, young women out there or young women who are trying to decide what their career paths might be. What advice would you give to them about a decision to both be in the military and to, to more specifically follow your path into something that's more combat focused? Um, I would say, you know, do whatever path you want to go on, you know, if you think about not doing it and that makes you feel anxious about not doing it, like that's usually um, often how I make decisions about which way to go. If I think of somebody else doing that and being like, oh man, that person would be so lucky. Um, 
it's like, wow, that's kind of indicative of the fact that I really probably want to do that myself. Um, like I remember when I started applying to West Point, it was such a long shot. I was already in my senior year of high school and, um, you have to go interview with like a congressman or a senator, senators first. And I remember my first interview, I went and did it. And then they, they found it, they, um, you know, contacted me or just like, Hey, you know, we regret to inform you. We we didn't select you. And that was like a kick in the gut. I was like, Oh my gosh. Devastating. Yeah. I was like, wait, I think I really do want this. Um, because before I was just like, you know, whatever, I'll try it. I'll see how this goes. This is kind of a crazy idea. And then it was like, Ooh, that hurts. (laughs) Like, you know, I felt like almost scared that I wasn't going to get this. Yeah. And, uh, so I would say, you know, follow what excites you, what makes your heart beat a little faster when you think about it or what really scares you if you, if you think of not doing it. Um, because you definitely do have when to When you got to. that, I regret to, we regret to inform you, and it was an aha moment to you about how important this thing was. Because I think so many of us minimize the outcome when we stretch ourselves just so we're not hurt, mm-hmm. right? You just sort of assume you might not get it to prevent yourself from being hurt, and then you were really, really hurt. What did you do? How did you, you know, clearly that wasn't the yeah. only, that, <laughs> the, the things you changed take, for you. Uh, <laughs> no for as an a answer. final answer, yeah. so. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. So fortunately, you know, you do get to interview with both senators. And for anyone listening, thinking, you know, a lot of people think you need to know somebody in politics to go to an academy. And that's, we didn't know anybody. You just go onto your senator and congressman's website and they have a a service academy nomination link. You click on it and you apply like to anything else you'd apply to. You submit your, your transcript, your SAT scores and all that. And you write maybe a 500 word essay. Um, So so I'd done the first senator and then the second senator interview is lined up maybe two weeks later or something. And I just, I don't know if I did any more sort of prep. You know, I really didn't go into the first one. It was my first interview ever. Like, I, I don't think I did anything to prep for it. My mom went, took me to Macy's to buy me a suit, you know. Um, <laughs> but like, otherwise, I I must have just kind of pulled it together. And the second senator, so uh, Senator Chris Dodd actually of Connecticut uh, nominated me. Mm-hmm. And and. Interestingly, he actually wow. called me when I graduated Ranger School, and I'd, you know, never actually talked to him before. They have like a committee to do this, um, but he left, you know, left me a message saying like, "Hey, you know, if you're ever in D.C., I gotta, I owe you a beer or something," <laughs> you know. Wow! <laughs> wow! I really, I love that. Yeah, and uh, that, that's and Congresswoman uh, Rosa DeLauro also. She was my congresswoman, so I didn't interview with her, but she would have been the next step if I got rejected mm-hmm. by Senator Dodd. Uh, she also called us and, and said congratulations, which I thought was really sweet. Really big deal. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. Amazing. So d- is this what is this your your life moving forward? Like when you think about the next, you know, 30 years of your your career life and you, we now know there's a boyfriend. So I'm not even, <laughs> I'm not going to be that mom that asks the <laughs> questions like when, when, when. But I will be the interviewer that says, you know, what do you see long term? Yeah, no, that's a that's a good question that I have for myself. Um, you know, <laughs> I feel like I've I've done most of the things I wanted to do in the military. Um, I love serving though, and uh, you know, being here at West Point around the cadets, I used to think that I found West Point inspiring because I was so young when I was here, and I was like, oh, it was my first time doing mm-hmm. something new. Now that I'm back here after 12 years, it's like no, all the exact same motivation and inspiration is back because it's just such a highly talented and uh, motivated group of people and energetic and it's just even cooler to be back as a tactical officer so I'm basically a mentor to cadets right now Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. 
and just kind of chaperoning them through the academy experience, making sure they stay on track. Um, that's a great, great job. Too. It is. Yeah, it's yeah. really rewarding. But I, isn't it crazy how young they seem and how young you were when you <laughs> thought you weren't? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. And but they seem so much more mature than I remember me and my classmates being, to be honest. Um, wow. But yeah, as far as like long term, like, you know, my next priority, I think, you know, is really trying to start a family and and kind of settle down in some way, however you can do that in the army. Um, but that's that's really what's you know, my career decisions will probably focus around that of like, okay, well, Mm -hmm. what would be best for setting me up for that kind of, you know, setting me up for that lifestyle? Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's exciting. Let's, let's have a date in a few years and just see how this is going. I'm very excited to to see the rest of your life unfold because it seems to unfold in non-traditional ways. And I, I love that. Yeah, it, yeah. It, I really kind of take I it I mean, as maybe it it's comes. traditional to you and the world that you live in, but I think for, for most people who don't have a family member in the military and, you know, didn't know when we were that young what our, you know, future, we, what we wanted it to look like, um, this is so fascinating. So <laughs> thank you. Yes, yeah, and I also want to call this. out that I think it's really rare, and Anne and I have heard this before, it's really rare for someone to get inspired by something in the movies pursue Mm. it you know go through it and feel just as much enthusiasm and like you know pride in what they're doing as when it was glorified it was glorified so to to that note I think it's it's incredible but I also want to know because you must not be the only one especially in all of the men and women you mentor like how does this life match up to what you see in the movies and is there an adjustment there or is it really just like this amazing way that our society um i guess eases people into this yeah predicts itself yeah yeah Yeah, i mean i've i would say the army has exceeded my expectations you know i didn't realize how much it really does for you or how much it did for me um i think one of the biggest things was when i was a freshman at west point after you know i remember showing up and hearing about airborne school where people get have to jump out of planes. And I was like terrified of that idea. And my first thought was like, please don't, don't send me there. Um, <laughs> and then the next, yeah. reasonable. You, know, you know, just, <laughs> yeah, I was like, nope, not for me. And then like a year later, um, at the end of my freshman year, I had done very well. And I was ranked first in my company for, on the order of merit list. And my TAC NCO, basically the job I'm performing right now, you know, pulled me aside and he was like, Hey, you got, we got one airborne slot for the company and we gave it to you. And, uh, I was just like, Uh (laughs) okay. (laughs) And I was kind of just, wow. And you did it. And I did it. Yeah. I went down there. I was terrified up until the moment I jumped, but, um, then I, then I jumped and you do five jumps down in airborne school. Uh, I think one of them at night. And I, it was just such a sense of accomplishment and such a confidence builder of like, wow. I, and to this day, I've never been more afraid to do something than that. And I got over that. So any other challenge that comes up, I'm like, I'm not as worried about it as I was about that. And, you know, to have somebody literally like push you out of a plane in this case, but like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the, the mentorship you get at, at a place like West Point and really just in the army in general, because people really take it the obligation to mentor and lead seriously. And if they see that you've got some sort of potential, you know, I see it as my job to like catalyze that potential and mm-hmm and help people maximize their potential. Um, and, and I, cause I had that done for me and it was just mm-hmm. so, um, you know, life changing really. 
Um, there's so many things I probably wouldn't have done if if the army didn't put this sense of responsibility on the me. army didn't push you out of a plane yeah. <laughs> sometimes you just got to get pushed out of a plane i get it, I get it. <laughs> okay Kristen, welcome to rapid fire the rapid section fire. where i ask questions and you give answers with very little time, which I feel like you'll be a pro at, but let's see. <laughs> um, so you'll want to answer with like a word or a sentence, but that's it. Okay. And um, we'll just hop in. You ready? You have to do 75 in two minutes and go. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> we already know this one, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Introvert or extrovert? <laughs> Introvert. Yeah. Okay. What do you wish people knew about you? Ooh, that's... That's a tough one. Uh, I think my, my biggest strength is my imagination. Ooh, love that. <laughs> wow, that comes out of it left does. field. Yeah. I think I, that's, that's why I great. think people probably wouldn't expect that, but it's, I think it's my, my greatest Boom, quality. Shakalaka. Great answer. I love <laughs> it. Okay. Uh, what is the hardest lesson the world keeps putting in front of you? Um, to... To push myself out of my comfort zone in kind of uh, expressing myself, probably. Mm. Vulnerability. Like doing podcasts. (laughs) Love it. That's where we excel. So anytime you need help, please. Please. Pushing people out of their comfort zone. Right out of their comfort zone. So true. Okay. Night in or night out? Oh, lately I would say night in. Okay. Okay. Wasn't expecting the pause, but I love to see it. Um, okay. I can't wait for your answer to this one. A movie everyone should watch. Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh, I love Forrest Gump. Required. A hundred percent. Yeah. Okay. What is, the, what is your favorite room in your house? Oh, I think this living room right here on this couch. Living room, yes. Okay, what's the perfect snack? Uh, trail mix. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that's that. That is, is such, is such a, a survival such a, answer. What do you call it? Boy Scout <laughs> answer. Yeah, I love it. Okay, with with what, the chocolate in yeah, there. I love it. The Duh. I assume <laughs> so. Sure. I assumed as much. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you celebrate at the end of a great day? celebrate uh take my dog out and let her run around and play and kind of walk around with her off leash you're so sweet you're such a good <laughs> i love that i love that that boosts me too okay dog, next Mom. question who would yeah. play you and your best friend in a movie aka joanna who would pay who would play you two in a movie <laughs> oh i'm so bad with um you know let's say jennifer lawrence and emma stone <laughs> oh those oh, are good. Fierce, those are sassy. Good yeah, like kind of like yeah. not super girly, like they're but they're gorgeous, amazing, smart. Yes. <laughs> you did it. That's rapid fire, baby. <laughs> Nailed it. Yay. Okay, well thank amazing. you. Yes. Okay, 
Wait, what are the odds that we look at her and we're like, holy Bertoli, everything you do yeah. is crazy. And then the one thing on the planet that makes her nervous and that she wants to get better at is like, is, is what being we on a do podcast every day or speaking in public. <laughs> I know. Well, and like being open but that and just like, shows. You know, emotional about it too. So, well, I'm sure that that wasn't part of her training. I mean, maybe it is now, but you know, well, especially as as the the first and one of very few women for so long, you probably yeah. really you're probably hyper did have aware to swallow of not your, yep. showing too much emotion. Which then I wonder because we obviously know so much about how mindset, vulnerability, openness, trust, all of that is connected, and like mental health, yep. you know, stability. So yep. I do wonder if they've because I know that they use certain like like when I say they, I mean the military, they use certain like styles of breath work in like high stress situations to like regulate their hearts yep. and their, their anxiety. So yep. it's definitely something, but I do wonder if there's any emotional like expression piece to it, but wowzers. I don't know. I don't know. When she was talking about her community, it really reminded me a lot of the conversations that we have at Parlay House and the relationships that are built and yeah. how you sort of go in for one thing and um, no matter how kind of experienced you are with gathering with strangers, mm -hmm. um, you know, it always takes, it's always a little bit hard to walk up to somebody and, you know, get to know a new person and put yourself out there. And so, you know, That's her right. constantly stretching herself is something that, you know, especially me as an introvert, but, you know, we both do on an ongoing basis. And I think, you know, the women who have joined our, our Parlay House community who the first time they go have to walk into a stranger's house where they might not know anyone and start a conversation, you know, that takes a little leap of faith. And then there's this, oh my God, I've found my my people, I've found yes. my experience in the same way that she has, that even though her next chapter in her life might be starting a family, she's not letting go of the army. You know, she's never yeah. letting those people go. Just 100%. like we're never letting our, I'm never letting you go, boo. Uh -uh, me never either, letting boo. you go. Me, once you've been through it like we have, there's no going back <laughs> <laughs> no going back only going forward like next week we'll be back on bring a friend and if you can't get enough of us and the range of people whose uh stories shine and they're willing to get real with us then come to parlay house too we're yes. you know live in a whole bunch of cities and we're virtual every other week uh, around the globe so check us out at parlayhouse.com uh, we would love to have you with us and no matter what you do next week when you come back bring a friend we'll see you there if it seems life is heavy just pull up a seat I've been looking for Someone to me I've got stories I could talk about Talk about We're gonna live this one out loud <laughs>